Hi friends, it's Meg Dahl and you're listening to Friends We Meet Reading, a book club podcast. Okay, Megan, I am so excited to chat about looking for Jane with you because it was my overall favorite read of 2022. And I'm not sure if it was like your number one, but I know it was within like your top five for sure. Yeah, it was definitely one of my top reads uh, for 2022. Um, I didn't really rank mine from like top to bottom. I just kind of like loved everything for different reasons. But this like came up like heavily um, on top of things that I love and things that I'm recommending and planning to recommend to a lot of people so yeah for sure yeah well I rented it from the library based off of another one of our co-hosts Kristen she's lives in London (laughs) um and the reason I say that is the author Heather Marshall she actually went to King's University so that's right in London her and I've been like chatting in the DMs a little bit. And so it's been fun to just like chat back and forth with her a bit and just have like or love this book from an author that, you know, is has ties and connections to a city that both you and I met in. So anyways, Kristen lives in London. She read this book, told me to read it. So I rented it from the library and it was sitting on my shelf for months. I had no idea what it was about, but you know, it's called Looking for Jane. It has like the very classic like woman figure on the woman cover. Woman facing away. Yeah, yeah, the woman facing away for historical fiction. And so I just kind of kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And then my library app was telling me that it was going to be due soon. And I was like, okay, I might as well read this. And as I said, it ended up being my favorite read from the past year. It is just absolutely phenomenal. I now own my own copy because how can you not? And I, I know you do too now too. Yeah. Similar situation. So like I, remember you you like really recommended it and like I remember the thing that like I think really got me to be like okay yeah like I guess I need to read this is that like it wasn't even like oh I loved this it was like so romantic or I loved this it was like such a good twist it was like no this is like an important book right and I was like oh okay like that sounds interesting right and then you had also mentioned to me that like the author went to King's and I was like okay I want to support a fellow affiliate graduate um so I also ordered it from the library, devoured it in 48 hours. Um, And this was like the first book that like I tried, like I haven't done this since high school where like I was like using tabs and stuff like that and post-it notes for like different things that I wanted to go back to. And then it sat on my bookshelf, like with all the tabs in it, because I couldn't return it to the library. So then this week I ordered my own copy so I could like give somebody else a chance to read it but yeah uh I really really loved this book so now I also own my own annotated copy um that looks much better than the library copy that I single-handedly 
uh, made look like the most used book in history, I swear. (laughs) Well worth it though. So how was it since that was like kind of a new thing for you? It sounds like that was something that you were doing in the past, like annotating it and like marking it with tabs and stuff. And so what was that like for you to do that again with this book? I really liked it because um, being able to like be like, oh, like I remember these things or even like I use like certain color post-it notes for like not quotes, but like moments that I wanted to revisit that I thought were really impactful and everything. And then when like I was just like preparing to like chat and stuff, I would like open to one of those sections like, oh, yeah, like that was really, really, really well written or like this and this and this. Right. So I think that it like really gives the chance to be like, oh, yeah, like this specific thing was like really important or like if I pass it on to somebody else with the post-it notes in it and stuff like that like then other people can like know like oh yeah this is something that like I really liked or something that was really meaningful to Megan right so yeah I don't know I really enjoyed it I'm gonna keep doing it awesome I love that I want to start doing Mm -hmm. that too um I do have another question though before we really dive in because Mm -hmm. in one of the most recent well our last episode we recorded in December always in December you talked about how like you're trying to go into more books blind Mm. and I went into this book completely blind like I had no idea what it was about and I'm curious like aside from my review like knowing that this book was important did you know much about it um, I didn't until the day I started reading it because then I read the inside fold and I kind of wish I hadn't because it would have been like even better I feel um, but yeah no I didn't know anything about it I knew it was like a historical fiction um, I figured it was going to be about somebody trying to find someone um, but I didn't understand like the full context of it or just how much like actual controversial Canadian history was going to be presented in the book you know like yeah like I had no idea what it was about at all and so like the book starts off very gripping yeah right um and we like kind of go right into the cousin having an abortion and Mm -hmm. I just like totally like that was what a lot of my first notes were about that like my heart was just pounding and I was just so worked up about the whole scene that was being painted for us Mm -hmm. yeah I totally agree I think the first thing like in the very first chapter where it starts off with like the misdelivered letter I remember laughing hysterically because I was like, oh, this book was like meant for me to read because I deal with misdelivered letters all day in my job and stuff like that, working for the post office. So it <laughs> so even like, hit oh. closer to home. <laughs> it even for hit closer you. for me. And I was like, oh, okay. Consequences of that. Um, but oh my gosh. And then like I think the thing that jumped out to me was just that I was like wondering why Angela, like the more present day protagonist of the book, um, was so important to the story and I think we'll get into it more and everything um but I was just like oh like I I really wish that because I think we've talked about before how we in books where it switches protagonist perspective like we always want to go back to 
like somebody in particular. And at first, Angela wasn't that person. But I remember when it got to like, I think the second or third one where Angela started talking about um, her journey through fertility issues and stuff like that in a lens that wasn't necessarily unwanted pregnancies and stuff um, that I was like, oh, this is like really looking at like, like the past and the present in terms of like issues that are like really important to women, especially in Canada right now and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I would agree that like the, the cousin and the whole like terrifying um, underground abortion scene was like really the first like super traumatic moment that was presented in the book and everything. I think um, even when the women were going to the home for unwed mothers and stuff like that I was like where have I heard of this before and stuff I don't know like had you had any background on that before not much like at all like I like very very minimal like it's not like I didn't know anything about like underground abortions and stuff but wow this book like completely opened my eyes and just like gave me so much more information so um yeah you I want to go back to what you said just so we like don't miss talking about this piece because you brought up Angela and like that letter right (laughs) and like the kind of misdelivered letter or a letter that was placed in the wrong mailbox that sort of thing then Angela like takes it upon herself to open it up and read it and I thought that would be something fun to like talk about like I'm curious if that would be like what would you do if you came across this letter what mm-hmm. yeah I'm curious oh boy I don't know and like it's funny too because it's like she came upon it in an antique shop right and that's not something that's like out of like the realm of possibility I don't know I I definitely am not the kind of person that would have gone on like a big journey to like find this person but I think that the story does it really well and that like Angela herself is an adopted child who like was like oh like I would want to know and stuff like that right um I feel like I would have erred more on like the side of her partner Tina and stuff like that who's just like you know what like maybe it's not our place to get involved in this story, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? And I think Tina in the book plays that role a lot where she's like kind of like the voice of reason or like that secondary viewer opinion um, that Angela kind of needs throughout that journey and stuff like that. And I think it kind of brings that sense of realism to the book that it would be that people might be like, oh no, people wouldn't do that, right? But I don't know, what about you? Would you have like looked for Jane? Yeah, no, I really love (laughs) your answer too. And I love that, like how Angela and Tina, they like both had these different views on it. And yeah, it would have been totally different had Angela been with a partner that was like in full support of what she was doing and like, yeah, let's both try to find this missing person. So I like, I don't think I would have opened the letter like I mean it was addressed to someone else and it was sealed right so I don't think I would have just opened it up and read it fully but um had I done that I 
I was like more on Angela's side and okay now that I have this information I want to try to get this to the person who needs it versus like every time Tina was like no like this is definitely not our place to be doing this um I I was like no why (laughs) of course it is like we need to find this person so I would I think I'm definitely more like Angela in that sense that I would have wanted to find um Nancy but yeah I do love what you said how you know we needed kind of those two different opinions Mm -hmm. yeah and I'd like to clarify that like I also wouldn't open somebody else's mail yeah but if I was Angela and I had already read the letter I yeah probably would have not I would I would have erred more on the side of Tina like oh damn like that's pretty intense but like not for me (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah no I get that but yeah I was surprised I suppose that she opened like this sealed letter Um, I guess what I would have done if I just found that, like, you know, just find the person that it was, you know, like without reading it, you could have found this Nancy to be like, oh, hey, I have this letter for you. Didn't open Mm -hmm. it. But of course, then we wouldn't have had a book either. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Pretty important to the context of the book that she read it, I suppose. But yes, yeah, exactly. But yeah. there are a lot of like different characters, and like you said, we have these different protagonists. Like as we read each chapter, like we're going from Angela, Evelyn, Nancy, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm wondering like how you felt that was done throughout the book because sometimes we can read a book and it flows really well and I've definitely read other books where there's just so many characters and it's like okay who are we talking about again or you're kind of forgetting like this character's story or background or whatever yeah I think that the um paragraphs were short enough Um, that I never forgot about anybody's um, story and it was like pretty well set that like it was easy to follow along and I think um, especially when like uh, Dr. Evelyn Taylor and like Nancy Mitchell's stories kind of had a crossover where like they were in each other's um, chapters a whole lot um, it became even easier to follow right because like you're switching perspectives but the character is still around Um, so I feel sometimes Angela's story maybe got lost but I think that was intentional because even though she is kind of like the present day um viewpoint on a lot of these issues and stuff like that she's not the most important character to the story right she's not like the main character exactly Mm -hmm. like she's maybe the connecting character um but she's not I would say like in my view like Dr. Taylor and Nancy are the two main characters of yeah, the story. Definitely. Yeah. And I also feel like just Heather Marshall did a really good job at like I felt like you were actually I don't know. I guess like each of the characters had such their own personality that it was kind of like obvious when you were reading one of their chapters, you know, like I've I read this novel 
like in 2022 and I it was called like the best of friends or something like that and there was basically like three moms their sons had all like gotten into some type of accident like they passed away that sort of thing and these three different women were like narrating each of the chapters but they were all like completely the exactly the same you know so it's hard to kind of follow along anyways I just think that this was really well done like I was never like lost or confused it was just really well done I think yeah and I think that it was also super well placed like it was like it did a really good job of like showing like you know our like the history of like reproductive like rights and like women's issues and laws in Canada from like the 60s to present day um in a really believable way like you believe the way that it happened from you know um Evelyn Taylor being in this home for unwed mothers um forcibly um having her daughter forcibly taken from her to like becoming a doctor and somebody who tries to like stop that from happening to other people and all that stuff and you know like going through all of those like really specific moments in history right like being able to like um go to a protest for abortion rights um you know like having a standoff in the house of commons being brought into um a safe abortion network right stuff like that all of every single step of that was super believable to me it never seemed like oh this character just seems to be in the right place at the right time all the time right right yeah Yeah. no like super super believable yeah Mm -hmm. I agree with that so on page 36 which is like quite early in the Mm -hmm. book obviously the doctor there's a doctor that tells us like to look for Jane if anyone becomes pregnant that doesn't want to be and Mm -hmm. I'm wondering like what were your initial thoughts on that like did you know exactly what that meant did you know where that was going no I had no idea what the Jane network was okay me too at all like Like, I went up and looked it all up after that and stuff like that and it was like really fascinating but I had no idea that that was a thing I was like that seems like a really random thing to say but apparently that was like actually a real thing like that like you if if you were somebody that like needed to seek that service and stuff like that you could just call different offices and ask to speak to Jane right and it was like kind of a safe word in a way that like even if the person on the other end of the phone doesn't agree with what you're doing and they know exactly what you're looking for like there's enough of like a safe like buffer for you to be able to like have like like you keep yourself safe in that too right I just thought that was like so interesting and so sad but like also like important and I had no idea that it was an actual thing that people could do prior to like the legalization of abortion yeah okay I'm glad because yeah it was like I said that literally happened on page 36 and I was like what is this like I had no idea so I'm glad that we were kind of in the same place when we first Mm -hmm. read that yeah it was crazy um curious like when did did it hit you at all because I don't think it hit me until like halfway through the book and stuff like that that like this wasn't like this isn't like super long ago like I was thinking about it I was like Evelyn Taylor would have been just slightly older than my grandmother 
Uh, and Nancy is only like two years older than my father. Right. Like she's <laughs> and, like our parents' age. Yeah. It's like our grandparents and our parents. And then like Angela is like pretty much our age in this book too. And I'm just like, holy shit. Like the, the amount of things that have changed in such a short period of time seems insane. Right. And I think, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say like, I kind of put that together while reading, but I don't think it really like clicked or integrated until like I passed this book over to my mom and my mom was reading it and she was just like mind blown because obviously when she was growing up, right, like she Mm -hmm. knew people who got pregnant and were sent away Mm -hmm. and, you know, it all like hit very close to home for just like people that she knew of right growing Mm -hmm. up and then I was like whoa this was like so recent you know yeah 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 so recent and like so sad like I don't know it's it's wild to like think about and then I'm just like there are so many like I hear so many of my friends even that are like oh yeah like my mom or dad was like adopted and everything and they're, they've searched for their birth mother or birth father, but there's no records at all because of like where they were adopted from and stuff like that. And I don't think it like really like hit me until reading this that like so many of like those circumstances were probably very similar to ones that were like shown in this book. And I'm just like, that's kind of an insane like generational trauma that's like still very, very present <laughs> right now, right? Like, Absolutely. And it honestly is heartbreaking. I mean, just so much of this book is so heartbreaking and it's definitely like a heavy read, but like I, it's also one of those reads. I mean, you said you gobbled it up in 48 hours and it, this one just, it was one of those books that I was like, okay, one more chapter. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now one more chapter. It was just hard to put down. Yeah, it was incredibly hard to put down. Um, And I think that, like, that's something that, like, the author, like, I can give her, like, super big kudos to is that, like, sometimes with a book that, like, deals with, like, a super heavy topic like this, um, I need to put it down, right? But this one never felt, like, so heavy or so, like, not, I don't want to say hopeful. I don't think hopeful is the right word, but, like, there, there was enough of a, like, you could, like, see a resolution coming or you could see, like, an improvement coming that, like, it never felt so heavy that I had to put it down. It felt heavy in a way that it was, like, oh, damn, like, I feel really impacted by this story, but I feel like I need to see how this story ends. You know what I mean? I do. And I think like maybe some of what you're talking about kind of, and I agree with you, it's not like this like hopeful feeling, but maybe it's like some of like the attitude or I don't know, the personality of Dr. Evelyn Taylor is like, you Mm -hmm. know, she like, there was something about her, like maybe like that optimism or some type of yeah like hope that she had that you know she's doing all of these things to 
support generations to come. And I think that was something like maybe that kind of like underlying theme that like we were feeling Mm -hmm. as we read that it wasn't like full heaviness. Like I have to put this down and it kind of kept us going with her. Yeah, no, I think that that's probably it. Yeah, because like she was like such like an inspirational character right that like um and like I think that like that like dark feeling was like always there and that like there was always that like quote that like both um Dr. Evelyn Taylor and I think she learned it from Dr. Morgenthaler um and everything right that it's like there's always going to be a need everything right and that just kind of like always being like her underlying attitude it's like okay yes like we've made progress but there's always going to be a need so we need to keep doing this and stuff like that and I thought that that was like like a sad but also like kind of like motivational message to like the book if that makes sense yeah yeah definitely so since you had so many like (laughs) post-it notes and stuff like that I'm curious like do you have any specific place that you want to jump into or talk about um probably so many probably (laughs) so many Um, I'm looking at my notes right now and I'm like page 114 page 222 page like it's just like one after the other basically yeah um one thing that I have in my notes and we definitely don't have to talk about this if you don't want but I think we were both raised Catholic yes um did you know anything about the role of the church in forced adoptions before like no yeah me neither like I feel like I've uh I used to watch call the midwife all the time and I remember there was like kind of a story similar um but that was in the UK and I guess like I should have just kind of assumed that that happened everywhere um but I think that um, I'd like to jump in and talk about like the home for unwed mothers and stuff like that and kind of both like the role that played in everything and like kind of our thoughts around that I don't know is that an okay jumping off point yeah absolutely dive in yeah so I think um I feel like I've heard everybody's like heard of like these homes for like unwed mothers or whatever right or like people being sent away to visit an aunt and all of that stuff right um but I don't think I've realized kind of like the extent of um abuse that was like going on in them and stuff like that um so like these poor young women being brought there um being called by the head nun like an inmate being given one thing to wear not being allowed to um have like people know your name or your story like you're not allowed to tell them like what happened to you like to get you in this situation because everybody's just like assumed that you're there because of sin right like and your job now is to make penance for your situation by giving babies to like worthy people right but then the other side of that is that um the church is making money off of it right and then like hearing like their justifications like for the parish and everything right about 
how they could start charging more because there's more demand and stuff like that, right? And that was just like so sad for me to read, but so unsurprising, <laughs> which is terrible. Yeah. Um, so I think like the culpability of the church and stuff like that really like angered me in this book a lot. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's absolutely heartbreaking. And I need to just because now that you're talking about this, I was like, oh, yeah, this is what I thought about a lot as I was reading through like those parts. Like I had said, I didn't really know about like the church's role in that. But yeah, as I was reading it, I was like, okay, I've read something like you know when you read something and you're like this reminds me of something um that was happening to me and now I like have it pulled up on my phone so earlier in the year in 2022 I read a book all the acorns on the forest floor by Kim Hooper very Mm -hmm. good five out of five um but it's like all these different stories of women um either like struggling with fertility or you know like it's all about like all these different types of like pregnancy stories basically mm-hmm. and one of the stories in there was like an unwed mother who was like pregnant and she was shipped off to one of these homes but you know since this book was just about all these different stories Obviously, that part stood out to me, but it was so much like or very impactful in looking for Jane because it was such a huge piece of it. And I think just like with this also being set in Canada, kind of like what Mm -hmm. you said, like you knew it happened in the UK, but like you should have assumed, but you just kind of didn't. So I think Mm -hmm. just you and I both like... (laughs) being Canadian and then reading this book about this happening in Canada it just hit home that much more and really clicked for us how Mm -hmm. oh wow that that was very real like right where we live yeah very real right where we live um and something that like probably was like happening just like down the street from us and we would never have known because like they make such a point of saying like it's like a grand house that nobody would ever see right like Like, the blinds are closed and it's just you're not allowed by the window like no and it's just so sad and I think like one of my notes um while so it was when Evelyn gave her like had to say goodbye to her baby like I was just crying during that part of the book like it it was just I mean like those all of this book was just so well written but I think just the way that Heather Marshall like went about writing about these girls times in the home it just was so real and you could feel such emotion and um I'm looking for actually the Oh, Evelyn, this was page 45, and it says, Evelyn thinks, is she even allowed to call herself a mother? And that just, like, broke my heart. You know, she she went through pregnancy, gave birth, yet she's even wondering, like, is she even allowed to call herself a mother? And it's it's just really heartbreaking because of, like, 
the situation that she was put in when she was pregnant and like had to give birth in those like circumstances and then like forced to give her baby away you know yeah wow I'm surprised I didn't like flag this page because I'm like looking at it again now and it's like talking about the home and how these girls feel right so like the darkness will linger for some only months and for others years and others will never see light again these girls are fallen and they'll pay for their redemption right and that's like and I actually want to say something just like about that too just like you reading like a specific quote back so I'm reading a historical fiction novel right now and it's like Mm -hmm. it's so good I want you to read it so we can like talk about it because it is really good Mm -hmm. um it's called the book of lost names but the writing is just very like it's easy to easy to read you know it's Mm -hmm. nothing like wow this is like hitting me like so deep in my bones whereas like that is what this novel is it's not like this dry historical fiction it's also not something that it's just a really easy read and anyone could just like pick this up and read it but like Heather Marshall did such an incredible job with Mm -hmm. just like the writing and the descriptions and stuff like I just and the research like the research like I I'm (laughs) honestly tempted to just send her another dm and be like would you ever want to come on the podcast and just talk so we can like pick her brain because I can't even imagine the research that went into this book yeah seriously um just on like how like the author like did this too one thing that like I also really appreciated again this kind of goes back to like making it realistic for the readers that like it's almost like not giving anybody any critiques right um but like even in the descriptions I remember them describing I don't remember the name of the girl but one of the other girls in the home and it was just like she wants to be here right and like they kind of showed like a spectrum of people right like there are people there that like are like Dr. Taylor who's like my baby was conceived out of love if my fiance hadn't died in a freak accident right before I found out I was pregnant then like we would have gone on to like have a family and stuff like that right to like this girl who's just very much like can't wait to have my baby say goodbye and go back to my life and go back to being the popular girl at school and stuff like that right so like kind of showing like yeah there's people that wanted to be here and people that were like willingly doing this but there's also this side that like absolutely was barbaric right and it all happened under one roof yeah and they were all treated the same exactly yeah and I thought that that was also really important and kind of highlights like the important of like choice in all of these things right like the girls that like wanted to do that like there's nothing wrong with that but forcing everybody to like do the same thing was like wrong and gives like different levels of trauma to different people just kind of like that quote said like some it'll be months and some will never ever recover from it right because everybody was kind of treated with the same blanket so yeah I just I think that that was like really a well a well a good way sorry to like use the home and frame the characters in it right because it was the reality of it Mm -hmm. yeah and so what about like the escape from the home 
that was very dramatic <laughs> and like um but yeah I just remember like her being like so scared and everything right um but like her I think she she ran away to her brother's house and her brother being like no I haven't heard anything about it right like so it was just kind of covered up like a lot of other things which I think was like kind of telling over things that were happening there because they knew that she knew that they were selling the children and not adopting out the children um and how like that was just kind of covered up it was like no that doesn't happen here right like nothing bad happens here just like the way that they probably covered up the like the suicide that happened right before it right like yeah I don't know it was very dramatic it was it definitely was um Mm -hmm. okay when nancy was getting her abortion and the Mm -hmm. police came in or like the police were coming i did not even realize i was like holding my breath the entire time and Mm -hmm. then alice came back into the room laughing and I just noticed myself like let out this huge like breath. I was like, oh wow. I was probably holding my breath for that entire chapter. That entire time. Yeah. yeah. It was just yeah. so like I guess this is one of those books that like you kind of forget you're reading because you're so into it. Yeah, you're like so experiencing it. I had a similar thing, not I don't think with that particular chapter, even though I was like, oh. <gasps> oh my god like what what do they do to like not get caught and stuff like that but like later on when Nancy is volunteering in the Jane network and she starts interviewing the undercover cop and I don't know why I didn't see that coming um but like when like the um yeah or there's also Patricia was wired with a gun yeah, it was, like, the Patricia one, the one that, like, was wi- the wired, like, police officer. Um, and, like, when, like, the the microphone made that sound and it kind of made it obvious what was happening and stuff like that, that whole scene until they left the police station, I was just, like, absolutely, I was, like, absolutely petrified. <laughs> I was, like, wait, do they go to jail? <laughs> no, I was terrified, for sure. Yeah. Um, Okay, I another part that like I really wanted to talk to you about because this was like a big thing for me and I felt like this was kind of a theme with a lot of books that I had been reading around this period of time. Like it just seemed like everyone was lying in all the books that I (laughs) was reading. (laughs) And so like I wanted to take a moment to talk about like your thoughts, feelings, anything you want to share about Nancy keeping like everything from Michael so everything from being adopted to the abortion to being part of the Jane network like it just seems like so many main characters lie and don't tell the truth and then that kind of leads to all of these other things and Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering if you have any thoughts or feelings to share about her keeping all of these things from Michael because they did seem like they had a really good relationship. Yeah, you know, I think that like, I felt like I would have done the same thing. I don't know. Like, and I think in the end, she realized that like, maybe that wasn't the best choice. But I also think that um, in the moment where she shared with 
um, her husband, or was he her fiance? Her husband at that time. When she um, shared with him, it was her that husband. she had previously been pregnant and stuff like that. I think his reaction was exactly like what he said in his reaction was exactly what she was scared of, right? So I almost think that it was like proving her right. Yeah. And like I think that's, that's another just... thing I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. Like when she actually right? did, because so like that made me like, I agree with you and I'm sorry for butting in here. No, but no, like, okay, I agree with you. Like it, it was exactly what she was scared about, but it, it made me so upset because he was like, he basically like convinced her and like put her in this position where she felt like it was safe to tell him you know Mm -hmm. like he was like I know there's something you know like you can tell this isn't like word for word quote but like he like said all these things and reassured her over and over and over again that like no matter what you tell me like everything's going to be okay basically and then she took a chance like she believed him mm-hmm. and was like okay basically like you love me so much that no matter what I'm gonna tell you like everything's going to be okay and then he like went back on what he said and nothing was okay with them anymore and that just like made me so frustrated because I'm like if you're asking for the truth and you're telling the person like you can tell me anything, you know, mm-hmm. that's like why we're married and I'm going to support you no matter what you say. It's like, don't say that if you're not going to be If you're like not going to follow you through. Know? Yeah. It and was just like so frustrating, but like it also made the, like you need those feelings in the book, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think like almost the worst part of that is like, you can almost forgive a reaction right? Where like you find out something like so surprising about somebody that you think you know everybody about, right? Um, So, you know, like an emotional reaction, like that can happen and everything. But the fact that like he never apologized and then it ended up being like kind of the the start of the death of their relationship was awful to me. And it's funny that you brought that up because like I'm looking at like my favorite quotes and one of my favorite quotes was like the passage like right after she tells Michael about it and it was like what a stupid move she thinks keep yourself to yourself Nancy understands now why her parents haven't told her about the adoption you can control the internal damage caused by keeping secrets for far easier than the external damage the consequences as Michael has just shown Nancy are unpredictable lethal because once a secret is out there there's no reeling it back in and I was like damn like like that I feel like that like is exactly why everyone needs therapy. Um, You don't have to keep all of these things to yourself um, because sometimes it's not safe to share like things that are super traumatic to you and stuff like that as much as they should be, right? Exactly. Even if like you're married to the person and they're telling you like, hey, tell me everything's going to be fine. I guess. And another thing that I had written down, I just thought this would be kind of fun to talk about because she had like three secrets from Michael, Mm -hmm. like having an abortion, being part of the Janes and being adopted. Mm -hmm. And then she chose to tell him about the abortion. And I was just like, I'm like, Oh, that's super interesting. (laughs) Like out of all three of them, like she didn't tell him everything. She just chose one. And out of the three, she 
chose to tell him about the abortion. I just like, it kind of gives like the reader, like that sense of like, Ooh, I wonder what would have happened if she chose kind of like a different path, you know, with that. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on like her out of like three of them only sharing like one of her secrets and it being Um, abortion? I don't, I feel like that one was probably the one I don't know. They were, did they even explain in the book like why she chose that one? I don't no, remember. No. Um, so that's kind of like my one yeah. of my like. It's just like fun to like wonder, you know, like okay, mm-hmm. had she been like, hey, when I was a teenager, I was like snooping through my parents' house and I found it. I'm adopted. You know. Yeah, I don't know. I I almost feel like the secret that she chose to share was the most not appropriate but like the most relevant given the context like post baby shower sitting on the floor of your nursery um I feel like it would be kind of weird to be like oh yeah by the way like I help run a secret abortion network would be like kind of a weird thing to have top of your mind while you're like post baby shower um and the adopting thing, like, I don't know. It almost felt like if it, it always seemed like she considered that to be like a betrayal from her parents, but I never got the sense that she thought that it was like super important to her personhood, the way that like the other one was. So I don't know, maybe she was just trying to go big or go home. Yeah. Well, it was the big right? one, like, of course. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What, what were your thoughts? I don't know like I mean like like I said it would just be interesting to know like okay what would have happened if she chose like to share another kind of I don't know I think like we just said it's the biggest one and I guess maybe that was like part of my thought is like ooh, like (laughs) you started with like the biggest one like you know to me I don't know in my mind I'm like ooh, maybe we could have like went in chronological order and this is no like (laughs) shame to the book at all but you know me just being like putting myself into her shoes and Mm -hmm. okay what would have I done in those situations like that's always what I like to do when I'm reading a book but okay now that you brought up the baby shower I need to talk to you about like Francis Nancy's Mm -hmm. adoptive mom giving her the booties and lying where she gets them from Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Nancy already knows. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I just, I felt so bad for her mother <laughs> at this point, right? Because she, like, she doesn't know that her daughter knows and, like, how much of, like, almost a slap in the face that is and everything. But at the same time, I almost felt like that was um, her mother's way of trying to include her birth mother who she knew loved and wanted her as a part of like this big moment so like it it was like one of those moments where it's like clear that like it's it would the way that it was intended was to be like some like positive hopeful good thing but then the way that it was received was more of a betrayal because nobody is communicating in this like circumstance right and like understandably so um but yeah, I thought that it was so heartbreaking, but in two different ways, right? In that, like, for Frances, this was her 
part of her trying to do her own healing, right? And like feeling so terrible that she like has this daughter who she loves so much and has been here for all these big moments, but also harboring the secret that like her she was like so wanted by this other woman, right? And like trying to like piece that together. I don't know. It was very sad. It was very sad. I know. And like frustrating too. Because yeah. like, I don't know, there's such a common thing throughout this book too is like if people just didn't keep secrets and like we're better communicators yeah. you know like I <laughs> like I was so sad for Nancy like when her and Michael actually do get a divorce and like you know you, just thinking about how happy they were at one point in their relationship and now mm-hmm. like you know she's however old and divorced and yeah, I'm just like, oh man, like what could have happened if there was just like honesty from the beginning type thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. How did you feel about them reconciling in the end? I like that part. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, and I loved how like her daughter was kind of part of that, you know, just mm-hmm. he dad really misses you like I don't know it was kind of one of those I think it was really good for the book to have that piece to it where they Mm -hmm. did reconnect and kind of like repair things yeah and that there's like finally a generation that's like okay like maybe we can heal via talking to each other and like being honest about our opinions yes exactly no I really appreciated that for sure Mm -hmm. yeah I loved that part. Me too. So kind of jumping to a different part of the book, um, Angela reached out to Nancy. Like, so this is now when Angela has finally found the Nancy that she's looking for and they're kind of communicating back and forth. And Angela puts it out there that, hey, I have a friend of your mom's that like your biological mom um who would really like to meet you and Nancy like turns down that opportunity I'm just curious like how you felt when Nancy was like yeah no I basically just like want the letter like send me this stuff but I don't want to connect with this woman um I remember being surprised because I was like well how's the book gonna end like (laughs) what does this mean come on Nancy um but again I thought that it like upon reflection it was like again important because there are people who will not want to have that as part of their life right if they're like adopted or they have given up a child for adoption they don't want to have that reconciliation right and I think it was important to show that that is a choice and a decision that many people have um but I just remember being like really surprised I was like no no you have to meet her um at that point do we know that Evelyn is Maggie I don't know no because okay Angela is still like referring to 
Evelyn, like Evelyn as her mom's friend. So we did not know at that point. And I truly thought like the book was going to end like that because, you know, a lot of books do end in like kind of that open, like interpret Mm -hmm. it how you want to kind of way. And so when Nancy was like, yeah, just send me the stuff. Like, I don't want to meet her. I was definitely disappointed because, Mm -hmm. you know, like we've been following these characters all along. And I think we're kind of at that point, like wanting them to meet and stuff like that. Um, So, yeah, I was like kind of disappointed and frustrated maybe a little bit with Nancy, but I could absolutely have seen like the book ending with that decision because mm-hmm. it just seemed like so believable you know it was like yeah. oh yeah of course like there's there's really no reason like why she should meet this woman you know so mm-hmm. I I totally like and I think like the way that Heather Marshall like wrote that was really great because you had no idea yeah. what was coming very shortly after that yeah And how did you feel about that twist? I think that was... So that is called a twist, right? That would be like a twist. That would be a twist. That was a twist. I did not see it coming. Because I know you like twists. You know, (laughs) you're you're a girl who loves a book with a good twist. And I know like when we've chatted about books before, like you always give me your opinion on twists and you're either like, oh, I I really dislike that twist or (laughs) whatever, but... I'm never neutral about a twist. (laughs) This was... So it was kind of like one of those like mind bending twists. You're just like, wait a sec. Like I need to kind of just sit here and absorb this for a minute because how did this even happen? But I loved it. It was so you did too. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I thought it was really well done. And then at first I was like, wait, how? But then it's, so believably done it's like no like I could take on my friend's identity and live the life that she said that she intended to live um because back in the day it was easy to just be like like okay I died because my family's ashamed of me and they don't want anything to do with me anyway so I'll just fake my death and then just create a new identity and you could just do that because there wasn't digital record keeping and stuff like that. And I was just like, damn, like it does make sense. Um, So with that, Megan though, so we learn that like Dr. Evelyn Taylor is actually Margaret or Maggie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But with that twist, we also realize that like, okay, mom and daughter have been, working alongside each other this entire time. And I think that was like super cool too. It's like, oh my gosh, you've been connected with your daughter for all these years, but you didn't even know. Yeah. I mean, I did feel like it was a bit, I I don't want to say weird, but kind of weird that like the first time they ever met was with, Dr. Taylor giving her daughter an abortion. Um, But I did like that, like, when they truly connect and stuff like that is technically back at the home for unwed mothers, which is now a retirement home. 
like that's the first time that they ever reconnect and restart a relationship is at that place which I thought was really interesting yes that was really interesting and I did like the I made like a note about like when Angela and Dr. Evelyn Taylor met like I like Mm -hmm. did that kind of scene and then um yeah I just liked the whole like meeting at the end and I thought it was really cool how when like Angela was saying Nancy's name and then it clicked for like Like, wait a second like like, I've I literally gave this girl slash my daughter an abortion and I've been and have been arrested with her and have yeah like they've worked alongside her yeah they did or they experienced many huge life events together so yeah yeah, no I I really loved that and how just like the book came together yeah and it didn't like really feel like like I know some people kind of describe when books just come together so beautifully and stuff like you know it's all it's kind of tied with like a little pretty bow that sort of thing but I I really like it didn't feel like that you know because Mm -hmm. there's just like so much like heartache and tragedy and trauma that has happened in this book that it just felt like this really beautiful ending. Yeah, I agree. Um, I thought that it was like the perfect kind of tie up of everything. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it was really well done, but it wasn't overdone either, right? It just kind of like left it like they met and it was like, oh, now we kind of know like everything that's been going on, right? So I liked it. So, I mean, that brings us to the end of the book. Was there anything that you had written down or that you, like, really wanted to talk about? I don't know. I think that uh, the only other thing that I um, thought was, like, something that was, like, really interesting was kind of from Angela's perspective and everything and how, like, um, she kind of brings in, like, the, like, a lot of this book is about, you know, before people had reproductive choice and stuff like that and access to um like unrestricted access to abortion care and stuff like that and how um they made a point to have Angela have also experienced an abortion but it was an abortion of a failed miscarriage and wanted pregnancy but how she still has to deal with like the trauma of going to an abortion clinic and people assuming similar to how everybody was assuming back in the 60s that these were people that just made bad choices and stuff like that and how traumatizing that experience was for her um and also kind of like looking at how you know like her as like a a queer woman and everything trying to become a parent is like very different right so I think as much as like the book doesn't cover those things I thought it was like really good that those things were brought in and everything so that we still have we we can't just like think oh yeah like we've we've done the work and everything right it still brings to the forefront that there's still so much to do for women today in Canada right I I really I think loved that this was a Canadian perspective Me on this issue too like I mean I you know had this not 
been by like a Canadian author like set in Canada all that stuff like mm-hmm. I obviously like if it was still the same book like I would have loved it but mm-hmm. there's just something about it, like <laughs> it being a Canadian novel that it's just like how awesome is yeah yeah it's like so important now you understand why it was like this is this is an important important read read. yeah no I totally agree um and it was like just like to your point it it's so um I I don't know what the words are but just like giving so many different perspectives and like scenarios of like how things can go or like you know even like adoption for an example so Angela was adopted and Nancy was adopted and just seeing like how that like it's not the same relationship for both Mm -hmm. of them like with their adopted mothers and stuff like it's and then what you were saying about the abortion right like we get so many different perspectives of like what that looks like and the type of people having an abortion like it's she just did a phenomenal job like bringing in all of these different scenarios and perspectives yeah 100% like even yeah when we go back to like the second cop interaction that they had right where it's like a police officer that's seeking an abortion and her just being like you know like I just need one like and I didn't realize how difficult it was going to be to get one right and yeah, just like so many different perspectives. I don't know why, like you talking about that just brought up that scene to me and stuff like that. It was just like, wow, like they really showed like kind of all sides of the perspective almost, you know? Yes, so. exactly. And like this was her debut novel, was it? Yeah, what? right? Like what? <laughs> how, Heather Marshall, how? Like that is mm-hmm. incredible, but I have to give a shout out to some Canadian authors because our next episode we're going to be covering the circus train and Megan like you need to read this because this is again written by a Canadian author and it is also her debut novel and I'm just like mind blown how these authors are like they're just like incredible books so Canadian women killing it for next week um, the circus train. But in the meantime, Megan, what are you reading right now? Ooh, right now I am reading Empire of Pain, um, which is a nonfiction uh, and not a memoir, which is a very strange thing for me to read, but it is about um, the opioid crisis and the uh, family that kind of made their money off of um oxycontin uh and i'm still in like the beginning stages of it so kind of like the founding of that family fortune and stuff but it's so far very interesting but very long which means that my total january reads for this year are going to be a lot shorter than normal i think i'd normally get through six or eight books in january and i think it'll be far less this january but sometimes that has to happen for the long books right yeah like i Go ahead. Sorry, this, I find like nonfiction reads, I have to put down a lot more than fiction reads. Like they're not quite as absorbing. So um, that paired with the length, it takes a bit longer, but so far really good. Uh, 
and when I you knew read a you couple. were going to read that and or yeah. I knew you were reading that so I did request it from the library because oh good just in case I want to get into it it sounds very interesting but yes mm-hmm. I am I'll be finishing my third read of January shortly like tomorrow and mm-hmm. yeah it's called the book of lost names if you're looking for that's like the another easy to read mm-hmm. um easy to read but like in a good way because I think okay. sometimes when you're reading a historical fiction sometimes it can be just like so like dry Much. or like yeah. kind of hard to really mm-hmm. get into but no I definitely recommend this book for you I okay. think you'd like it if you want to read Noted. some historical fiction I don't know what it is about the winter time but it definitely like gives me historical fiction vibes and yeah they they tend to be cozier reads right like you just want to be like wrapped up in a blanket and reading them yeah so I am reading that right now and I'm just like kind of in the mood for those sorts of books like it's like a world war ii book you know Mm-hmm. what's the cover look like it's a it's a woman holding a book <laughs> <laughs> looking away um you can't Side see profile? her face it's like, oh. yes. <laughs> she's okay. like you know neck down holding a book kind of thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> Love it. that was such a funny reel but yeah. this was fun thanks megan we'll have to plan our next book together but i know you're yes. reading that mammoth right now <laughs> <laughs>